I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. Well, here we go. We're moving right along in these wonderful, wonderful uh, verses of the Word of God chapter. Amen for the Word of God. Thank God He has given us His written Word and that we have that Word and that that Word is our guide and our ability to keep on keeping on we are i believe if i'm not mistaken into the uh, 18th section i think i'm right about that and we're looking at the acrostic letters and in this section here we're going to see what happens here it's god's word in times of trouble god's word in times of trouble God's Word is there when we are in trouble, when there are things around us, when there are troublesome times all around us. God's Word is there. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is meaningful. God's Word is truth. God's Word is trustworthy. God's Word is assuring, comforting. Uh, It's exhorting. It's convicting. It's all kinds of things, and it will help you in an uncertain world in uncertain days. So when we come through here and we look at these verses, we see in verses 137 and 138 that God's word is righteous. And that's because the word of God reveals the God of the word and the God of the word is righteous. So he starts out, righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Okay, we go from him, God the Word, to the Word of God. Upright are thy judgments. They're written down, but they're yours. They belong to you. So we see the personal pronouns here. Righteous art thou, O Lord. It's the all capitals, the word Lord, L-O-R-D, all capitals. Jehovah, the self-existent one, the I am. And in in the New Testament would reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. We look in here, and we see that his judgments are right, they're righteous, and they are upright, which simply means that they are equity. They are totally straight. They are just. And upright are thy judgments. God is righteous. And if we don't realize that, if we don't realize that God is right, then we're going to turn to things that are wrong. We're going to put our faith in men and mankind and what's going on in this world. 
when they all don't have answers. It's amazing how many times we see all of the spinoffs, not just in religions and denominations, but in all the totality of knowledge, there are splits and differences because we don't have a point that we go back to and move from that point. If you go from the point of evolution, then things like abortion are okay. And things like moral changes are okay, where you change what marriage says. But if you go from the creation, from the Word of God, which is where it starts out in Genesis, and you walk through and you see His mandates of what marriage is and what life is and what's right and wrong through the laws that He gives, the Ten Commandments and the ceremonial law, the civil law, those things that He gave, you find out very, very quickly that God has a point that we can come from, a reference to, that changes us. By the way, uh, I remember a judge making this comment that out of the 50 states, 49 of them follow the laws, and their laws are there from the Word of God. They got it from the Word of God. There's one uh, state that follows French law, uh, according to that particular uh, judge from a long time ago. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. God's Word is righteous. Now look, verse 138, thy testimonies, your record. In your word, your record, that thou hast commanded, those testimonies you commanded, that record you said we're to keep straight, are righteous and very faithful. They're righteous and very faithful. The idea of that word faithful there is truth. They're faithful because they're true. They stay faithful because they're true. They will continue to stay faithful because they're true. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, He is the rock, capital R. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity. Yes, sir, no sin. Just and right is he. Absolutely, that is who he is. The word, Psalm 33, 4, For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. The truth shall set you free. The Proverbs is full about lying. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. And a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. The ideas that are charged them in that these people have a faithful heart and do what's right. Uh, over in Proverbs chapter number 12, verse number 17, He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Deceit. So we see these things, and we see that God's word is righteous and very faithful. Thank God you can trust his word. Do not allow the pressure from the world. Do not allow the world's ideas and the world's ideology and the world's uh, persecutions and trials and tribulations to cause you to stray from the righteousness of the word of God. It's righteous. The Bible says, in fact, it was, it was Jesus praying in 
the Lord's actual prayer in John 17. And in verse 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify, set them apart. Clean them up from thy, thy truth. Through thy truth, set them apart. Righteousness comes. You will be right through and sanctified. Righteousness will come through the truth of God's word. And the God's word is how you got it in the first place. You got saved and you were clothed in Christ's righteousness. It was the word of truth that did that for you. And we go back to the very introduction to this particular series of messages. We started in Psalm 19, where we did a whole dispensation, uh, extra exegesis on the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Amen. There is great reward. Well, God's word is righteous. Now we look and we see that God's word is pure. God's word is pure. Look at verse 139 and 140. My zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Now, what we see here is he has got a zeal that is getting hold of him. And this word zeal, you know, there, it can be translated jealousy even. Uh, to be very zealous, fervent, intense passion, high emotion uh, that is greater than maybe the emotions of wrath and anger would bring. And it's a, a powerful mm, because there are enemies that have forgotten God's word. So he has a zeal, a jealousy, a consumingness of the Lord and his words. And it gets to him when people forget his words. He said they have forgotten. And the idea is to mislay. They put it down. They don't want anything to do with it. To lose the memory up. They don't want anything to do with it. They're ignoring it. They don't want to have it. They don't want to keep it in their mind, their heart. They don't want anything in first place that has to do with God's word. They want nothing to do with it. Isn't that sad that there's people who are like that? Listen, unbelievers, your enemies ignore God's word. They don't, they don't play fair. And uh, people have told me when they want to argue biblical points, they say, you can't use the Bible. Well, say, well, then you can't argue a biblical point if I can't use the Bible. It's not a biblical point. Your point is worthless because it is not Bible-based. Mine is Bible-based. If you're saying it's not a, we don't want to have a biblical argument, then why are you bringing up a Bible thing? Uh, I'm going to stick to the Word of God. That is my supreme court. He said, my zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten the Word. It, that has just gotten hold of me. It, it's gripping me, and it literally means to put to an end. The word consume means to cut off. He said, my zeal for the Lord has really uh, cut me off from my enemies because they have nothing to do with your word. It just, my enemies have forgotten everything about you, and uh, I'm cut off. And that's a good thing when you think about it that way. 
It's comp- my zeal for you has cut me off from those. And it's like the song, thanks to Calvary. I don't live here anymore. I don't come here anymore. You know, the, the second verse that's not hardly ever uh, used is, then they started to tell the same old jokes again. You know, and I said, thanks to Calvary. I don't listen anymore. And I went back to the place where I used to go. I saw the same old friends I used to know. And that's what happened. I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary. I don't come here anymore. And then he goes home and the, the little girl, the little boy runs behind the door. And he says, hey, listen, thanks to Calvary. You've got a new daddy now. Things are different. And uh, my, my friends and my fellowship and, and my things that I did have all changed because of the zeal that I have for the Lord. And he said, thy word is very pure. They've forgotten thy words, but thy word is very pure. Think about that. It is clean. It is refined. It is like pure gold. It is the purifying process of a refiner who heats the metal to take away the dross. It is for sure. It is to be smelted and and taken care of. Thank God, thank God, thank God. The Word of God is not just pure. It is very pure. It is completely and totally pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. See, he's got such a love, such a great, incredible, intimate affection for the Word of God that he gets what God is and who God is and what God wants and what he doesn't want, that that word is pure. He is not going to forget the words like those that are his enemies. No, he's going to have everything to do with the word of God. It's going to be his life. It's going to be who he is. It's going to be what he is. And he's going to continue to be what he's supposed to be. Your word is pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. I hope that you're in love with the words. You know, uh, the, the church in uh, the Ephesus, remember what he said? He said, you've done all these great things, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. You left the love of me, the love of who I am that you get from the word of God, the God of the word, the word of God, all together the same, and you no longer are who you should be. What a horrible, horrible thing to have happen. Well, then we get down to the next verse here. And he said, I am small and despised, yet do I not forget thy precepts. God's word is righteous. God's word is pure, but God's word is significant. Now, when he says, when I am small, what he's saying here is, uh, figuratively, I am insignificant. The word literally means little in value, but it also has the idea of somebody that is insignificant when you look at it from uh, the figurative standpoint. I'm just, uh, I'm considered just really, really small and insignificant by my enemies. I'm not considered to be anything at all. And and like that, I'm despised. I'm completely condemned. It has the idea of holding disdain and disrespect with contempt. Good night. They're just despised. And he said, uh, by the way, the Lord Jesus said, I am despised and rejected of men, yet it pleased the Father to bruise him. Oh, my goodness. Jesus Christ was despised, so it's no wonder that you and I would be despised. I am just a small, insignificant, despised person, yet do I not forget thy precepts. That is 
one of the most incredible things. You can get down and you can people can think you're insignificant. You can be lowly and rejected and be like Christ was, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But thank God, thank God, in his eyes you are significant because the word of God reveals that you are somebody Christ died for. A nobody became a somebody because the great I am became sin for us who knew no sin that he might be gained the righteousness of sin in us, that he could place in us his righteousness. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget thy precepts. They've forgotten your words. Your word's pure. Thy servant loveth it. Even though they say I'm small and despised, and I feel small and despised, yet I do not forget the very principles of your word of God. I do not lose them. They are in my mind. They are in my heart. They are where they need to be. We not only see that God's word is significant, but then we come into verse 142, and we see here that God's word is truth. God's word is truth. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is truth. I see here actually that there are so many things that we forget, and that is that the truth of the word is what we need to focus on. God's word is truth. Again, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. On the bad side of this, when Paul was writing in the book of Romans and chapter number one, he got to verse number 18. He said, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Listen to this. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. It's made evident for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Creation shows the truth and reveals the truth, but they didn't hold the truth. And it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain, empty in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And then it goes on and says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Wow. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. Jesus dealing with that crowd with the woman who was taken in adultery and they didn't like what happened and they all left and then the next time they would be together there there's this great discourse in which Jesus says uh, this is my record and he, they say no your record's not true and they're going back and forth and then all of a sudden we get down into it and it goes like this Jesus said to the Jews that believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they're like, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed, we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you should be made free? 
Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You commit sin, you're serving it. And it's committeth, it's ETH. You're continually sinning, you're, you're a servant of it. And the servant doesn't continually abide in the house forever, but the son continually abides. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus answered and said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. They said unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus saith unto them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father, the devil. Ooh, ouch. Mm. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin or convicts me? And if I say the truth, why do you believe me not? Isn't that amazing? He is giving a discourse on the truth. Thy law is truth, the truth of God's word. If you don't hang on to the truth of God's word, friend, if you don't see the truth that's in God's word, you're going to be in a mess, and that mess is going to be hard for you to have. There's, there says in the book of Psalms that truth has fallen in the street. That's a hard place to be, to have truth fallen in the street. In Psalm 117, verse 2, For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth for ever. Praise ye the Lord. Amen and amen. And in that famous Psalm 100, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. We see that his word is forever. His law is truth. God's word is truth. Now we look at verse 143. And we see, trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. We see God's word is a delight. God's word is righteous, it's pure, it's significant. It is truth, it is delight. And I'm glad, even though trouble sometimes come, and we're seeing God's word in times of trouble, trouble has come. The word trouble there is to be in a narrow, tight place, to be squeezed into a tight place like you can't already breathe or move. It really gives a big picture, doesn't it? And anguish, anguish there has to do with a hardship and anxiety that comes from hardship. These things have taken hold on me. They've gotten hold of me. They've gotten to me. And man, it is getting to me pretty strongly, but I, I commit yet. Not but, but yet thy commandments are my delights. He said, I have total pleasure and delight in your word. I keep it my focus there. Though trouble and anguish have taken hold of me, they've grabbed my throat. Man, I don't know. I'm going to let thy commandments delight my soul. Thy word is my delight. I delight in the word of God. I want the word of God to be 
what I have my pleasure in. My pleasure of life surrounds the things of God, and I get it from the Word of God. And then verse 144, the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. Now, once again here, he goes back to God's Word is righteous, but he also said God's Word is everlasting. It's forever. Thy righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. It's forever. Your righteousness, your rightness, your word of testimonies, your record is true. Your righteousness and your testimony and the righteousness of that testimony and that witness is everlasting. Therefore, the psalmist said, give me understanding. You see, he wanted again, and that's in that imperative, give it to me, and it's in that causative stem, cause me to have this understanding. I got to have it. I need to understand. I need to have an intelligence. I need to have a perception and a discernment to know what you are saying, and I want that, and I shall live. Your testimonies that are righteous are everlasting, and I shall live, and thank God, I shall live. I'll be kept alive. By the way, uh, I will be kept alive. I will just change addresses. When death is not cessation, death doesn't end and things are over. Death is simply separation. So when we do not know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and we die, we are separated from God forever. That's a horrible place to be. But when we are saved, we are separated from this body into a building not made with hands eternal in the heavens until he raises this body and makes it incorruptible and undefiled. And at that point, my friend, we are in our new address and we live forever. Here's the good news of a Christian. No matter what comes, troubles, trials, tribulations, pestilences, even if you are diagnosed with a terminal illness, God is going to fix it. If you have a terminal illness, he is going to heal it. If there is something going on that has shutting down uh, anything in your life, in the country you live in, in the world, it is going to be solved. It may not be this side of heaven, but it definitely will be as a Christian, the other side. I may not be healed of a terminal disease this side, but I will on the other side. I will live forever somewhere. God's word is righteous. God's word is pure. God's word is significant. God's word is a delight. God's word is truth. God's word is everlasting, and God's word is life. Yes, sir. God's word in the time of trouble. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to get in the book in the good times and the bad times because your word is the word of troubled times. Your word's the word of good times. Your word's the word of every time, all time, and in time. And we need to keep our time focused on learning more about you, not to worship the word, but to worship the God of the word, letting the word of God reveal to us the God of the word and giving you praise. And we'll thank you for it in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely wonderful, awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he 
said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.